We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, and Tom Peavy with you here. And you're live from our studios here on South College Street. A lot that we've gone over today, Transfer Portal, NIL, talk some NFL, and now we're going to continue to talk some more NFL as we go to our Auburn Bank phone line. And we welcome on Joe Bartle of RotoWire. We've had him on throughout the NFL season. He was helping you with your fantasy needs. He also does fantasy basketball, which we'll hit on some too. Uh, again, as I've mentioned last week, he mentioned to us that he's starting fantasy baseball and covering that. So just Joe does it all for RotoWire, and uh, we're glad to have him on the show again today. Joe, hope you're well. Thanks again for joining us today. Yeah, always happy to talk to you guys. Uh, so let's start to break down what we saw in the NFL last week, and then we'll look forward to this next round of playoffs. We saw some surprisingly close games on Saturday and Sunday, we, we had a few betting lines that were up around double digits or even into double digits in the case of, I believe, the Bills and Dolphins, yet we saw a lot of high-quality games. I mean, there's so much to go through, but if, if you had to pick one, uh, what game were you most uh, entertained by? Oh, man, that's a good question. I think there was a decent amount. Um, as somebody that, that covers the Chargers at Rotoware, so I guess by default with the amount of time I spend with them, I'm, I'm a fan of them somewhat. Um, it was entertaining to watch that game from both the front end and back. I had been rooting pretty actively for the Chargers to lose so that they could have Sean Payton as their head coach. Um, but to see the end result, their uh, offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, fired, and not Brandon Staley, I guess is slightly disappointing for me. So maybe that maybe the end game result wasn't exactly what I was looking for. Um, I, I was pretty thoroughly interested in the Giants and Vikings, and that game to me was one of the most interesting of the entire weekend entering the weekend. Um, I want to know if the Vikings were a legitimate contender. Uh, I believe uh, the Vikings stadium is one of the best home field advantages uh, across the entire NFL. And could that defense give problems to Daniel Jones? And more importantly, could Daniel Jones and that ragtag group of receivers continue to do what we've seen over the last month, which was really putting him, Daniel Jones, to the top seven or eight in terms of fantasy quarterbacks? And overwhelmingly, I mean, I think the, the jury's now out, both the Vikings defense is not very good, and the Giants are legitimate. And it was it was convincing enough to me to think, man, I could really see the Giants being competitive against the Eagles. We saw their two divisional matchups now. Uh, I, I think both teams know what to expect from the other. The Eagles have a lot of questions to answer uh, about their performance this season. And frankly, they played a lot of cupcake teams to get to that point where they were the number one overall seed uh, in the NFC. I maybe it's just me as a Packers fan, having watched my team. Over many years, uh, loses the number one seed, but I don't think it's a guarantee that the Eagles win outright against the Giants, and I certainly believe New York could cover the spread for this game as well, too. So I'm, I'm really, I was interested in how that unfolded um, this past weekend, really as a transition to what we'll be able to see this weekend, too. And, and Joe, you, you brought up there that Chargers and Jags game first, and uh, I know we, we should be talking about the Jaguars, the team that moved on, but literally in the studio just moments before, uh, we had you on. We were talking about Brandon Staley. We were talking about this coaching carousel, which has not really spun the way we thought it would be. I think only four uh, openings uh, by our account where there could have been at least three or four other guys, including Brandon Staley, who's being retained again for a second year. Uh, can, is there a 
is there a good defense for him returning for a third year as a head coach, or was this should should this have been a no brainer firing by the Chargers? The only defense would have been um, well, the only de- only defense to keep Brandon Staley is if they didn't feel like they could get Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions. So I think uh, it is is going to be the next hot coordinator, whether it be Sean McVay or of that ilk. I think Ben Johnson is is that guy. Uh, and the fact that he chose to stay in Detroit is telling, because I'd imagine the Chargers would consider him. Or if if the uh, price that the Saints had on Sean Payton was too high for the Chargers, and you look at like that that part is compelling to me too. We haven't seen many co- uh, coaches go for the draft capital that they used to in the '90s, and that's the example everyone points to. Well, uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson went for this, and we saw uh, Tony Dungy go for this, and it's like that was 25 years ago. Coaching is theoretically not that valuable. But over the past couple of years. We've seen that kind of change course. I think Sean McDermott for the Bills has done a fantastic job changing the culture. Um, we, we've seen Sean McVay do wondrous things for the Rams as well, too. And you could name probably four or five different examples where head coaching is literally the difference between a team that's competitive and a team that wins the Super Bowl. I think Sean, Mc, uh, sorry, I think Sean Payton is that kind of coach. And if the Saints wanted to charge two first-round picks, especially because they're missing Chris Olave, uh, well, they're missing the first-round pick because of Chris Olave, I would get it. That's just a awfully high price to pay in this market from the coaching perspective. The Chargers were one of the only teams I thought would be willing to send a first-round pick, likely a later one, uh, in the instance where they would be firing Brandon Staley. And, and that they didn't, I think, is more telling that the Chargers didn't feel comfortable with that asking price. Like if, if they seriously considered Sean Payton um, and believed they could get him, Brandon Staley would be gone too. So... I wouldn't be surprised if we had this conversation again next year. I'm not convinced Brandon Staley um, is a good head coach in the NFL. He certainly might be a good defensive coordinator, but maybe not a head coach. Uh, and I thought, I don't know, what, Saturday, last Saturday's game was kind of a one of the biggest red flags in a coaching resume that you could have. Yeah, very fair. I mean, you, you blow that kind of lead. And a uh, question to be asked of, of a lot of different people, and it starts with the head man. He's Joe Bartle of Roto-Wire joining us here on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Joe, when I looked at uh, these results from Cincinnati and Buffalo last week, because there's been this big three, and I know I asked you last week about some underdogs and the potential. If you had to pick a conference, uh, where could an underdog maybe make a run there? Seeing Cincinnati and Buffalo – uh, kind of struggle. I mean, these were two of the bigger lines of the weekend going in. Struggle against teams without their starting quarterbacks. You know, maybe this isn't necessarily relevant to Jacksonville because they've got to play Kansas City, but did it make you feel maybe more confident in Kansas City just because Buffalo and, and Cincinnati had real chances to lose those games there late and uh, were not overly impressive? No, I, I guess to answer your question, no, it doesn't change my thought process on either of those teams. And I'll throw in San Francisco to the mix, too. They were the other um, high, high expected win total for last week. And for uh, a half, certainly, the Seahawks were competitive. And I know the 49ers kind of blew things away a little bit later, but I would have anticipated that happens from day one. And the Herbs are minute one, and the Winters needed to have a twisted ankle on Debo Samuel. Uh, for the team to be ignited in that regard. So I would throw the Fortnite into that mix, too. The interesting part about last week's schedule was these obvious um, look-to-be-blowout games, right, the Bengals, Bills, and Fortnite were all against divisional opponents. And you wouldn't think that matters, but these teams know each other so well. 
and they play till twice all season. There's there's more on there's there's more on the line with these six and seven teams like uh, like the Ravens and Bengals. I'm sorry, the Ravens and uh, Dolphins and Seahawks. That I I think it really is kind of like you're playing with house money. Well, everyone expects problems anyway. You know, like of course we're going to go ahead and uh, do the best we can and throw the kitchen sink out there, and you can be competitive when you are in that mindset. You can't make a run. I don't. I don't like. Uh, we had talked about last week. I don't think any one of those teams were ones I expected could win multiple playoff games. But any single team, especially in those circumstances, um, I, certainly can. I thought I thought the Bills played down to their opponent, whereas the Bengals just struggled. It wasn't. It was the Ravens' game plan, but I think the Bengals overall struggled. Josh Allen made some questionable throws from the Bills and, and kept the Dolphins around. That game isn't nearly as competitive if the Bills play to their upper echelon, and I don't know if we could say the same for the Bengals. That will be a fantastic game. I cannot wait. That is must-see TV. And frankly, um, you know, their first rendition was already going to be one of the most highly anticipated games of the season. This one between the Bengals and Bills will certainly be this go-around. And I'm, I'm truly convinced now at this point that one of those two teams is going to beat KC uh, in the AFC Championship game. I think, I think this divisional round matchup between the Bills and Bengals is playing not just for a berth to the Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl winner. Uh, and maybe that's a little bit too far to say with a month left to go in the NFL season, but I'm, I'm pretty convinced that is going to be the case. Uh, <clears throat> looking over on the NFC side of things, uh, obviously the, uh, the 49ers right now are one of the favorites to move on to the Super Bowl, but I mainly want to talk about Brock Purdy here. Uh, in your opinion, just from what you've seen, are, are we – is this a flash in the pan, or are we potentially watching the emergence and the beginning of a Hall of Fame career and an unlikely Hall of Fame career like we have seen with so many other quarterbacks in the NFL that low draft picks that nobody's ever even thought of, and then all of a sudden magic happens? What's your thoughts on Brock Purdy? Yeah, so well, I'll pose the question to you. Besides Tom Brady, how many low-round magical picks have turned into Hall of Fame quarterbacks in the last 25 years? Right. You know, I, just, I mean, yeah. I can name Bart Starr, and we can go to, like, uh, Roger Stolbach, right? Like, oh, they're the 18th-round selection. We, we don't do 18-round picks anymore. Like that's not, it, it really is a, a minor miracle, I think, for a lot of these uh, late-round QBs to be that relevant. And it takes a certain mindset, right? That's the Tom Brady part of this factor to get to that point. It also takes a certain coach, and I think we can say Bill Belichick safely qualifies in that regard to get a quarterback to that spot. I would say yes. I mean, this is this is not this is more than might be flash in the pan. Um, and I'm I'm as somebody that was more positive on on Brock Purdy entering this year than certainly a lot of people. I I did not anticipate this kind of run. But when you have Kyle Shanahan as your offensive coach and you have the guys that you're playing with that he does, yes, 100 percent this type of run could happen. And I feel pretty convinced they will win this this game. Um, against the Giants, I'm well, sorry, I'm, uh, against Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys. Yeah, and I feel real, relatively good that if the Giants do beat the Eagles, that's where I was going. Um, that would be a cakewalk, but certainly against the Eagles, too. Like, the, the Niners will make the Super Bowl. I was not convinced at all that there was going to be rookie awards because Kyle Shanahan won't let that happen. I mean, you don't ever have to expose Brock Purdy when you have the Niners defense the way they do and the weapons they have. I mean, you're not asking him to be Aaron Rodgers. You're asking him to be a game manager like Jimmy Garoppolo was, and, and that's so to me, it's not a um, it's not a surprise to see Purdy be successful. I know he got a whole bunch of yardage, and of course, all that came off of uh, super long runs, which 49er fans just simply seem to forget for some reason. Uh, no, I'm I'm pretty certain Brock Purdy 
is not that guy. He's not him, as the hip kids like to say. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, like I, I he might be him this year, though. Yes, yeah, and, and so I don't say I don't think Purdy is him. I think it's Kyle Shanahan right. is him. If, if they're sticking to those um, different comments that people make, so I'm I'm far more impressed with what Kyle Shanahan's done, and not so much Brock Purdy. Although it takes somebody to execute that game plan, certainly, and I think some credit goes to Purdy in that regard. And uh, let's let's shift over to the kind of well shift kind of back to opening coaching positions, um, and kind of talk about the Texans here. Uh, they have the number two overall pick. Um, they have they fired Lovey Smith after just one year. Uh, I kind of I guess I kind of want to get your take and how you feel uh, about that situation and why they let him go when the roster was never going to be any good anyway, um, and the team. Is just has a lot of building to go through, and I guess they didn't see Lovey Smith as as the person that could really be, rebuild that roster. Yeah, I, I think it's um, probably uh, even more nefarious than that. And I, I don't know, maybe if you just think of this as a business, it's, it's what it is. The NFL has a rule in place right now: if you hire a minority coach, you get. I think it's at least one third round pick. I'm not sure if it's just GM and personnel that gets the two, right. like the 49ers do, um, or if it's the coach. But it's two consecutive years now. A minority coach has been hired by them and fired within one year. If you are the Texans and you know your roster is one of the bottom third in the league and you are uh, doing what you can to not be competitive, there are ways to gain additional assets doing nefarious tactics. And yeah. I think that would be kind of what it qualifies. So um, it's, it's in the rules of the game, and it's what the NFL wanted, but I don't think it's what the NFL actually won. I don't think they anticipated a team stooping as low as the Texans have stooped to to do this kind of thing. But that's, I mean, it's it's as um, brazenly obvious of, I think, working or gaming the system as you can get in a professional sport. And not many people are talking about it. I think just because Bobby Smith had, you know, 15 years in between his past decade with the his past tenure with the Bears and right. didn't end all that well with that too so it's like yeah Lucky Smith's not a good coach probably not but why did they hire him in the first place well it's to get that third round pick so I I don't know how I really feel about that it makes me uncomfortable I think if nothing else I agree uh, but I would not have guessed Lovey Smith was going to be the guy that leads your franchise into the future anyhow so fine I, I would be willing to bet they won't do this a third time um, if they do boy that that's going to draw some some eyes that I don't think they want drawn to them at this point. So I anticipate that they won't. But also, if you're treating coaches the way you are, when you do want to get a Ben Johnson or you do want to get a, a top-end younger coach, why would they ever consider Houston? Look what they've done to the previous two coaches. Their right. uh, you know, front office has been inconsistent with Jack uh, Easterby. I think now just, just this past season got released. But um, they have been not very good with their personnel for a long time. It's a hard sell. Uh, so, again, if you're kind of like, oh, let's get assets out if we can, uh, we're not getting top-end coaches anyhow, I don't know how you change that if you continue to go down this model. And really, even what they did with Lovey Smith this year, I thought was kind of like the, oh, you're going to be out on any opportunities with good coaches down the road. You'll have to take a chance on the Josh McCowns or I guess we're getting this Jeff Saturdays of the world and hope those guys turn into um, elite-end coaches. But it really does feel like it's a difficult spot to be. And I think the roster is still pretty barren. Um, both offensively and defensively. Talking to Joe Bartle of Roto-Wire. Last one for you, Joe. Uh, we, we've kind of hinted on some thoughts that you've had about uh, the Giants-Eagles game, Cowboys-49ers a little bit. 
Uh, but what about this Bengals and Bills game? Because these, these are two teams that a lot of people love. Bengals have been red hot for weeks. Uh, Bills have been a pick by many to go and win the Super Bowl. So how do you see this one playing out? Hopefully entertaining. I mean, that's I, I just I'm I'm so thoroughly excited for this game as I was a couple weeks ago, um, and and there'll be a lot more online certainly for both teams. But I think emotionally for the team as well, too. Frankly, for America, that that was a pretty compelling story, and want to see um, what what level that adds to it. Uh, I I want both quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, to be as successful as possible. I want the the defenses to throw some wrinkles in and get some blitzes or whatever. It, and make things uncomfortable. What I really don't want to see happen is like we have last year's divisional round game between the Bengals and Titans where the Titans defensive line just uh, continued to bother and harass Joe Burrow and made him look uh, not extraordinary, and, and that game just got ugly. I don't think the Bills' offense can really win an ugly game anyhow. So if you were to say, oh, yeah, the, the defensive line for the Bills is going to make things problematic for the, the Bengals, I don't think the Bills can just run the clock and milk like the way the Titans did last year. So by default, they should keep things. I want it to be competitive. I think it will be competitive. I'm leaning towards the Bills. I think the home field advantage, uh, home field advantage matters somewhat. Um, I also think Josh Allen had the worst game he'll have in quite a while last week against the Dolphins. And uh, I, I lean. I just think there's something special with this Bills game. And I'm, I'm like I told you, I, I really believe this game right here uh, is not just a trip to the Super Bowl, but will be your Super Bowl winner between the Bengals and Bills. So I'm, I'm pretty convinced in that facet. He's Joe Bartle of Roto-Wire. Joe, the time is always greatly appreciated. What can we come to expect here in the coming days and weeks over at Roto-Wire? Yeah, uh, plenty going on at Roto-Wire. we got a lot of NBA basketball content going up on the site, a lot of your wave-aware pickups. The daily lineup section seems to be updated uh, by the minute when it comes to injury news and analysis, which is a huge thing. One of our most trafficked sites, every trafficked, trafficked pages um, the entire year, too, but uh, a lot of content from that regard. I'm really gearing up for baseball as well, too. I think I read 200 projections and outlooks have already written for top MLB players, and another 200 more will come by the end of the month, too. So we're really gearing up for that process. It's never too early to start for 2023, 20, 24 NFL season, too. Uh, if there's, if you are in best ball leagues, you're familiar with that concept. We actually have uh, some projections and baseline coverage for that, too, even with the season not ending this year yet. We're already getting you set for best balls next year. Uh, maybe that's some weird stuff. You, you might have some problems if you're looking into best ball next year, but I am one of those people, so I, I guess I'll have to talk to myself a bit more about that. <laughs> Joe, love it. Uh, as always, we appreciate you being on the show today, and we look forward to talking again soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks, everyone, guys.